As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. It's a pro day edition. I just got back from Anthony Richardson's pro day, like a few minutes ago. And Ari Wasserman is joining me. He he was texting me saying, what did it look like when you saw that deep go ball? And it just soared through the heavens. <laughs> I mean, I saw that was the last throw of his workout. Shouldn't it just been the first and only throw? <laughs> <laughs> there was one he did warming up where he was on his knees. I can't remember what yard line he was on, but he threw a ball into the corner of the end zone and it just dropped in there perfectly. And yeah, that if you want to do trick shots with a QB, Anthony Richardson is your man. Uh, and, and it's funny because I was talking to one of the the people who has been training him for the the draft, and they said, you know, they they talked to an NFL head coach about do do we do these trick shotty type throws because everybody makes fun of the Zach Wilson throw now. Is that something we should do? And and the head coach is like, yeah, go ahead, just have fun with it because you're still going to get the oohs and the ahs. Yeah. Um- my favorite thing is that uh, whenever anybody from the pro day tweets out uh, that he had a really nice throw, they always say for a touchdown. And it, I laugh at that because it's like as opposed to what? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they're all touchdowns. There's no defense. You can, you can run all day if you want to. But I mean, I'm, you've seen his arm in person many times, so it must not have been something to you because you're I mean we're all familiar with it but like if you're a NFL scout and you're seeing it in person like that for the first time like yeah. are you just walking away it's why he's going to go in the top 10 yeah it's it's why he's going to go in the top 10 because those guys have seen the film they've watched every game he's played on tape now a lot of those guys have seen him in person too but for the for the coaches and the GMs that are coming in and seeing it in person for the first time they cannot help themselves they're human beings they're like whoa uh and and like vaughn in the chat asked Did, didn't jamarcus russell do something similar throwing it like 60 yards from his knees yes he did and that was the first thing i thought didn't work like out when you said well. when you <laughs> said threw from his knees the only thing that i thought of was jamarcus russell yeah and it just kind of brings you full circle on Nobody questions whether or not he has a strong arm or can have a beautiful ball. So it's like when everybody drools over the arm strength and the trick shots and from the knees throws, 
That's not what's in question here. And like, I don't really know how you can simulate or find out whether or not he can grow from what we saw on tape Mm -hmm. in a gym or at the combine. So like that is the disconnect with the, the combine process that I've always had of just like, there's a lot of people who have really strong arms and throw a really beautiful pass and can do trick shots the way that he can. Can he play quarterback? And is there anything that you can do in a pro day to prove that you can play quarterback? Not a damn thing, especially since the pro day is even more controlled than the combine. You know, when he was throwing at the combine, he's throwing to receivers he didn't know. He's having to throw right after C.J. Stroud throws. So he's dealing with a constant head, head-to-head comparison. Here, he's throwing to receivers he knows. The, the, it is completely scripted for it to be his best throws. If there was a throw that he was weak on, which in, in this case, Richardson is pretty, you know, his arm is good for pretty much all the throws. But if there's one he was weak on, they just skip it. it. Turns out the only one they skipped in today's pro day was normally they would have him kind of stand on the goal line and just throw it as far as he can to see what happens. But since he'd already hit the ceiling with a with a go route. Did he do that on purpose? So I, I saw some people saying, oh, you know, based on the interview, he did it on purpose. No, he didn't do it on purpose. So... He was laughing. He thought it was hilarious that it, that it happened. And it almost happened a couple throws before that one. But he joked that he wanted to show up Will Levis because Will Levis did it. But he wasn't trying to do it. He just he just thought it was funny. And then, uh, you know, the, the guys who train him are from Jacksonville. Mac Jones is also from Jacksonville. And so he's known all those guys forever. Mac Jones texted one of them after the, the pro day and said... I hope he's giving me proper credit for starting this trend because apparently mm-hmm. Mac Jones did it at his pro day too. So that's uh maybe that's the new thing. That'll be the new, the next frontier for quarterbacks is can you hit the ceiling of your indoor practice facility at your pro day? Well, the next one's going to be do pro day at Dallas Cowboy stadium and see if you can hit the scoreboard with your arm. Well, yeah, obviously, obviously yeah. we were, we were joking cause we were trying to figure out if we just threw a football at the closest point of the ceiling, Anywhere in the complex because it's higher, you know, across the middle. But as you get closer to the to the end or, or closer to one of the edges, it's a lower ceiling. But could we hit the ceiling at any point with a football? And the consensus, no, none of us could. Can I have you solve a discussion with my friends that has nothing to do with this? But I've just like it's been an ongoing yes. argument Go in the group it. chat. Mm-hmm. So we went to homecoming at Arizona four or five years ago now, um, mm-hmm. and we were sitting in the upper deck maybe five or 10 rows up and it was an Arizona, Oregon game. And we had been on campus all day. This is the football stadium, not the football stadium. Yes. Yes. And one of my buddies and we we were drinking, but he was being dead serious. He said, if you gave me a baseball, do you think I could throw the baseball across the field to the other sideline from Mm -hmm. the elevated point? And like, all of us were like, no, no way. Like, what do you think? And like, he was a smaller dude. I'm, I, I, like how it's far been a is long that? time since physics class, so I, I, I'm having a hard time. There's a hypotenuse here that we have to find the length of. Uh, now, really good baseball center fielders can throw a ball 350 feet on a line, 375 yeah. feet on a line. And how many how many feet are in a yard? Three, three. So so he so he'd have to throw it at least from standing on the ground 200 feet. Yeah, 200 feet would not be that hard. And now he's also elevated, so that's going to that's gonna help him a little bit. 
You don't think that 200 feet is, would be a hard task to throw a baseball for an out of shape 35 year old man? It wouldn't be easy, but you could if you get a, if you get your launch angle right, you'd be fine for 200 feet. If it's 300 feet, no, it's not. That's going to be tough. Yeah, I feel like I would t- tear my rotator cuff trying it. So like, oh, it probably my whole, would. My whole thing is like I'm trying my best to get everybody back there like on a day where the the field is empty and like we're going to bet on whether he can do it. I think you should absolutely do that because the thing is, if he hasn't been practicing or he hasn't been throwing, he's no. going to have the launch point all wrong and he's either going to dirt it or he's going to throw a lollipop. It can't get over there. I think it's possible that he might not even hit the closest sideline. <laughs> yeah, I because like if you gave me a baseball right now, it's been so long since I've thrown a baseball. I don't think I could throw it to the target you're telling me to throw to. I'd yeah. be way off. I don't know that I could throw it 100 feet. Because my favorite thing in the entire world is ordinary well, 100, people 100 trying feet to... is only 10 feet more than home plate to first base. I think you could throw from home plate to first base. Okay, is that... Yeah, but you that's see people feet. with their first pitches. It, it, that's a launch angle thing. So a pitch is 60 feet, 6 inches. Almost everybody can throw a ball 60 feet, 6 inches. It's just a matter of letting it leave your hand at the right spot. Yeah. <laughs> this is just like grown men group chat discussion. But uh, <laughs> exactly. it's just like to, my favorite thing is ordinary people. We this into the show, like things that we think we can do. And let's just see if we can do them. Yeah, yeah honestly, like that. It, and it's like been a two year discussion that gets brought up every now and then. Like I kind of want to take a baseball. There's a field near my house. I want to take a baseball out and see how far I can throw it now. Yeah, like go to a high school stadium and go to the top of the bleachers and see if you can throw it across the field. Okay, well, I will be at a high school stadium later today because my son has a lacrosse game. Do you have so a baseball? A, I don't have a baseball. I, I could get a lacrosse ball, similar size, a little bit Aren't lighter. are they way heavier? Lighter? Or heavier, probably heavier, yeah. They're rubber. They're, they're heavy rubber. Yeah, look what Vaughn just said. The Olympics need to put on an ordinary person in every event to see how superhuman the athletes actually are. Oh, because I, listen, pros versus Joes is one of my favorite shows. I loved that when, when some NFL linebacker is just jacking up a normal guy. I just like I saw and I don't know if it was Barstool or another one. They were having a discussion about whether or not if you were in an NBA game, you could score 10 points in 40 minutes. Oh, that was that dude who who tweeted that he would. He could score 28 if nobody, def- what is it? If they agreed that nobody, de- why? there was something. Oh, no. If he just stood on one end of the court and shot threes, that he could score 28 in a game. Something like that. It was, it was. It's just ultimate- ordinary people acting like they can do amazing yeah. things because like being a professional athlete or doing those things is easy. Like right. it's so arrogant. And I don't think that anybody can do anything that they think they can. I, I need to, I need to figure out the exact circumstances of what that guy, cause it was hilarious. No, I think there was a defensive component involved. And if an actual NBA player is defending you, you won't get one shot off. You will, you will not even get a shot on goal. slam it in your face. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, yeah, you won't even hit the rim across the court. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I, I don't think that I could score a point. Or do anything in any professional sport ever. No. And like somebody asked a question to me and Landis uh, when four to six a, to A and B existed of if you had to play one position in a college football game, which position could it be that your team could get away with it the most? Like. Without getting completely blown out as a result of your presence on the field. <laughs> Holder. 
Because you just go for two every time. It has <laughs> I mean, to be one of the 11 positions. Goals. And my, my thing was receiver or running back. But even then, running backs have to pick no, up blocks. Running backs need to block. You could be an outside receiver who's who's just doesn't get thrown the ball. That's the best shot you got. Yeah, but even then, you have to block. You you should block. Yes, that would be that would be preferable. Yeah, it would, but, the only answer there's not. But a mostly the, the other team would be playing eleven on ten. Is, but there's is no defense. You can't play a single defensive position. No, as a normal no, you, person, you would be picked on mercilessly. That would they would just go at you every time. Yeah, it. Uh, here's one. Okay. Maybe we'll do it in college football. I think this is doable in college football. I don't think this is doable in the NFL. If you have a good offensive line, if you're on a, you take a team with a good offensive line, could you gain a yard if they handed you the ball? Which I think if it's a good college offensive line, they'd probably get enough of a push that the the average person could probably gain a yard. Yeah, I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of college plays where the running back isn't touched all five yards right in the nfl though you would not Not gain a single yard i think you could a single one (laughs) but it would just be based on how much more athletic your offensive line was it wouldn't be because you're athletic it would be because your offensive line is athletic and nobody was near you right but i don't think people appreciate how quickly a running back gets the ball and runs up field either no they don't and that's why the nfl part would be would be more interesting because that hole closes so quickly. There's not a normal person who could get to the line of scrimmage before the hole close. Yeah. Yeah. But Anthony Richardson could. <laughs> we we he know sure, that. He sure could. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. That's, sorry. I, you know, one of the problems that I don't think you considered when you had me become the co-host of this show, Andy, is how often I was going to hijack it into some grab-ass territory. I, so, I'm fine with that. I, I This is this is the off-season, Ari. We can do yeah, this. We yes. can do this all day. But... The, <laughs> Anthony Richardson is not a normal human being. He is a superhuman human being. The question is, can he be an effective NFL quarterback? And I'm telling so the Panthers, the whole brain trust was there. Pete Carroll was there. A bunch of, C, you know, I, I believe John Schneider, their GM, was there. The Seahawks were there. So you had the Colts, brain, Frank Reich from the Panthers, the, the new coach. I just I just mentioned him with the Colts, but the, the Colts GM, Chris Ballard, I believe, was there. Lots of people watching Anthony Richardson. He's going to go not only in the first round, he's going to go in the top 10. Telling you this right now. He's going to. And yeah. But remember, th- it wasn't so long ago when I said he was going to be a top 10 pick where your mind was blown. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But That was like and, a month and, ago. I know. And, and it's... Just talking to more NFL people, people in the league or people who cover the league, has made me understand why he's going to be a top 10 pick. He's going to be a top 10 pick because if you look at the history of top 10 picks at quarterback, it is less than a 50-50 proposition. This may be like 75-25. Maybe like a quarter of them turn out good. So if you're probably going to mess this up anyway and your job's on the line to get it right, You're probably going to go with the guy who has the superhuman traits. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
You think only twenty five percent are good? Well, let's let's look at the list. Let me let me call up the uh, yeah. And like, what is your what is your uh, bar for good? Like five year starter is good, or like Aaron Rodgers is good? No, I, I'm talking about somebody you want back as your starting quarterback for like a when second contract when their, rookie, when their rookie contract ends. So, so, all right, last year's Kenny Pickett, he wasn't even in the top ten. He was he was the twentieth pick. It looks like he's going to do well, pretty pretty okay in Pittsburgh. Yeah, but he hasn't had enough time. So let's let's go back to twenty twenty one. The previous draft, yeah. Trevor Lawrence, he's going to yes. work. That's going to be fine. One for Zach, one. Zach Wilson, pick number two in that draft, already done, two. already okay. done. Trey Lance can't make a decision. Brock yet. Purdy is going to be the starter. John Lynch, you can't said make it a decision day, that he stinks though. I'm not saying he stinks, but. It's not trending well. Justin Fields. We'll, yes. we'll see. Uh, we'll see. They, if the they Bears, were going to trade him, they were going to trade him this year. Do the Bears sign him to a second contract? We don't know. Uh, we'll find I would out next guess year. that they would, but yeah. We'll, we'll find out next year. We will. Mac Jones. Jury's out. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the next one. So you have two definitive yeses, but one of those yeses was one of the best prospects in NFL draft history. Right, exactly. Okay. 2020, Joe Burrow, great, perfect. 2020 is a good year. Tua, good. We'll see what happens. Yeah, his is injury related. Right, not not necessarily ability related. Justin Herbert, very good. So now they got to figure out how to to make it all work. They they lost in the first round of the playoffs. But okay. Kyler Murray got the second contract. I'm not sure anybody's real happy about it. Daniel Jones got second contract. This is way higher than 25%, by the way. Okay. Well, I haven't gotten to 2018 yet. Okay. 2018. Is that Allen's year? That is Allen's year. Baker Mayfield. No. Nope. Sam Darnold. Nope. No. Josh Allen. Yes. Josh Rosen. Nope. Now, down at number 32, Lamar Jackson. Was taken. He turned out great. Yeah, and the so, other thing too is like I think J- Daniel Jones might be the perfect example, um, because right. he's I think he's a lot better than people give him credit for, which is the he's reason why he did get the too. second second yeah. contract. But like, what about Baker Mayfield? Um, he stinks, I think, in the NFL, but he is a starting quarterback in the league in year four of his. Of his was he year four or five now? He like did, he's a starter. He did so. take the Browns to a playoff victory. And isn't he the starter in Tampa? It looks like he or, will be. Yes. Or is Kyle Trask good enough? I don't know. We'll it, find it, out. It, yeah. But somebody signed him to be a starting quarterback in year four or five of his tenure. All right. Well, so like, uh, I, yeah. But like, I mean, here's we, let me make this point though, real quick, okay. Andy. Yep. I would rather draft a Baker Mayfield than get cute and end up with a Zach Wilson. Like, you want somebody who at least is serviceable. Like, at the very least, I could keep your team. Yeah. Like, because Baker was the quarterback at, at well, for the at Browns Baker, for three years. Look at what Baker did on Monday night, or on a Thursday night football two days after getting to the Rams. He threw a nice pass on a final drive, but, like, the whole game was awful. He didn't start the game. <laughs> he well, came didn't he in. come in in the middle of the first quarter? Yeah. So, he'd been there two days. He won him the no, game. No, I'm not saying that he's – I'm just – Nobody's going to build a franchise around the man. 
Yeah, but yeah. at least he was serviceable enough to be the starter for multiple years. So jo- Jordan asking a question, Andy, what about Richardson's ex- limited experience makes his elite physical traits don't inspire massive confidence about what the future holds? I just don't get your apprehensive approach. Well, I watched him complete 53% of his passes, and I also know that there are guys who just step in in their first years of college starter and are very good, and then even those guys don't always end up being good NFL players. Yeah. So it's a crapshoot. Now, it might not be 25%. It might be closer to closer to 50. But if it's a 50-50 yeah, it, shot... Then I gonna, think it's a bad bet. You think it's a bad bet? Okay. I do, yeah. I think that if you take him in the top five, especially now, I don't. I'm not an expert on uh, how the NFL draft salary numbers look when you when you change from like the pick, the third pick to the tenth pick. How dramatic that is, and how uh, I mean, I don't know. When I was a kid, if you were a bust, like that set your franchise back two or three years. Yeah. Like if you made like the Jamarcus Russell situation hurt the Raiders bad for a long you know, time. Yes. And, and it might not be the case anymore because you know, the NFL is set up a little bit differently, but like you would want to avoid the big bus scenario as much as you could, you know? Um, so like putting yourself in a position like Anthony Richardson has a ceiling, right? Yeah. But his like potential to bust is so much higher than the other quarterbacks in this draft. Right. But, you know, is it, here's it, the other thing, though. I, I here's that's he's what the I can't beneficiary out. of being in a bad draft. Like if if Anthony Richardson were in the draft with that we had Burrow and Herbert, like he wouldn't have been drafted this high. But this year we got we've got a few guys who were all question marks, and like you know, C.J. Stroud, I don't know, might be the most like I think his basement's probably the highest. You're right. Uh, and Richardson's but ceiling is probably like the there's, highest. There's yeah. probably not a there's no Trevor Lawrence there to make you think twice no. about it, but it's Next just about whether be. or not you want to sink your asset. Yeah. Next year there will be Caleb Williams sitting there and everybody will be going, that's the guy. But this isn't that year. I know, this but is everybody everybody in this draft has a flaw or two. So or if I were an NFL GM, and listen, I know in the NFL, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. But I would be reluctant to draft a quarterback in this year's first round, um, knowing what's coming next year and knowing that the value of that pick is the same now financially you, as it would you be next You have to really year. stink to get Caleb yeah. Williams. Well, if you and don't have a quarterback, you have a pretty good chance of stinking. But your team may not stink enough, and that's that's the yeah. other problem. Now, I... We talked to to Richardson today. We also talked to Florida coach Billy Napier about Richardson. And he said something that I found interesting. And I'm not going to shade your opinion one way or the other on this. I want to see how this hits you. Because initially it hit me a certain way. And then I I had to re-listen to it three times to see how I felt about it. But I want you to, to tell me what you think when you hear this. From Billy Napier. Anthony kind of bet on himself to some degree. You know, he knew what teams needed quarterbacks. Uh, he went through an exhaustive process, uh, made a decision that's going to be proved to be a smart decision, right? So uh, Anthony's a humble kid. He's a smart kid. Uh, just a really inexperienced player. Uh, was a first-year starter in a new system. Uh, and everybody around him was in a new system and teaching a new system. So we all know what this guy's capable of. It's just a matter of repetition. Uh, he's going to provide the work ethic and the attitude, um, and he's going to have a phenomenal career. 
So what did you think of that Anthony bet on himself? Um, that wasn't the thing, because I think it's a smart business move on his on his Correct. account. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that. But I also like what stood out to me the most about that sound clip was talking and kind of stressing how inexperienced he is. Yes. You know, uh, and I don't know if that's your takeaway or how I'm supposed to receive it. Oh, but, I, like, if you're I'm, gonna sink, I'm just curious how, how it hits you. But it's what you've been saying for months. Like if you're a quarterback and you are an NFL draft pick potentially and you're not sure like if you can improve, like how is Anthony Richardson going to improve his stock any more than it already is? Like there's a legitimate chance the man can be taken number one overall right now. Yeah. And there's a 0% chance he'll be taken number one overall next year. So Correct. like from that standpoint, like that to me makes it worth it. Now, the people around him are smart too. They know that today was going to happen. They knew the combine was going to happen and they knew how people react to the combine. Yep. So, and I, I don't know what you think about this. You would probably be more uh, educated in talking about it is how much more do you think Anthony Richardson could grow in college? Well, and that- are his problems solvable in college or is it something that an NFL coach and GM have to figure out and like try to get that ball started for the NFL faster? Well, and that is that's what's interesting to me because if his problems aren't solvable in college, they're also not solvable in the NFL. But if they are solvable in college, then perhaps they can be solved in the NFL as well. I mean, wouldn't you want the NFL to find that out before you do in the college? Yes. Well, and, and you don't want to find out that the, you can't fix it in college. Obviously, they wanted him to stay at Florida, but he got great information. Whoever advised him to go pro when he did gave him good information because they were they were 100% right about how many quarterback needy teams there would be, the relative strength is, strengths and weaknesses of this draft class, and where he would fall into it. And it's it's interesting because, yes, they, they're going to stress the, the inexperience and all that. It's weird, though, for – like, Napier's in a weird spot with this because – I don't think there's a situation where Anthony Richardson gets thrown in next year and just excels. I think the, his best chance is probably gets taken by a team that doesn't expect him to start right away, brings him along a little bit slower. Is that why and Seattle seems to be a, a real possibility Detroit, there? Detroit, yeah, yeah. Those are because Seattle re-signed Geno Smith. It's a contract where you can start Geno Smith this year if you decide you want to make a change before 2024. Not a not a huge deal. Uh, Jared Goff is signed for one more year in Detroit. Uh, even the Raiders with Jimmy G, you could have Jimmy G start this year. You could start him at the beginning of next year. But if you at any point you wanted to make a, a, a transition, it's not a big deal at that point. You know, so, what this reminds me of. So what was your what, what was your job directly before SI? Uh, I was the Florida beat writer for the Tampa Tribune. Okay, and before that, you were in Tennessee, right? I, I was well. Before that, I covered high schools for Tampa, and then before that, covered Tennessee for Chattanooga. Okay, so when you were in Tampa, if SI would have called you up and said, "Andy, mm-hmm. we'd love to hire you to be a national college football reporter, but we know that you're inexperienced, but we're going to find out on the job if you have the chops for this," or they said, "You know what? You can stay in Tampa for one more year. We're going to play extra close attention to see if you can do it, and if you can't, we're not going to hire you." Like, what would you do? Like you're taking the take, job. You're taking the job, and if you fail yep. there, then you might as well fail there. Then instead of failing, you get the exactly. salary. You get the exactly. that, That's all this is. So, like, yep. if Billy Napier is upset about it, you know, or doesn't want that to happen, 
you know, obviously for oh, his I own think self-serving he wants it, purposes. He wants it to happen. The, the, what's going to be tricky, and I, again, I don't think there's a situation where this happens just because of, of the way NFL teams will probably handle Richardson when they pick it or whichever team picks him. But if, if he were to get into the, into the games as a rookie and be playing well, that's going to look terrible for Florida. Because how did yeah. you only go six and six with that? Well, I mean, it's kind of the same thing that happened with Oregon, right? With with Herbert, Oregon won the Pac-12. No, no, I know. But Herbert, Herbert in the NFL is not Herbert at Oregon. Herbert at Oregon. Are Oregon fans going to get mad at me? His junior and senior year was pretty damn good. Like, (laughs) I do think Herbert turned out to be like one of the three best players in the NFL. Like right away, they didn't cut Herbert loose his senior year really until the Pac-12 championship game. But he was dominant in that game, and and yeah. very okay. Good well, maybe people are going to get mad at me. I do not remember him being five hundred yards passing in the NFL good when he was in college, and that it, the the whole thing was Oregon didn't allow him to use his skill set to the full potential. Till well, I, listen, Mar- you know, for the Mario majority Cristobal of his high school was, career, was roundly criticized for being too conservative with Justin Herbert at that point in his career. Okay, so I'm not crazy. Yeah, no, no. Oregon fans <laughs> lobbed a lot of that criticism, so they're not going to get mad at you. Okay, so people, yeah, because like what I'm saying is exactly what happened with Oregon. You said because you made it seem like I was crazy for thinking that. Well, no, but but, but Herbert was very good. As no, a I don't think he Oregon. stinks. Yeah, or, or wasn't very good. I'm just saying the I height you wouldn't to which wouldn't he's reached Richardson, in the NFL. Yeah, you wouldn't call Richardson good at Florida in 2022, no. though. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm not comparing Herbert's output to Richardson's. Yeah. But what I'm saying is you don't want people that root for your college to look at somebody who played there and played poorly or didn't play to their potential and then go be one of the best players in the NFL in year one. Right. Because like to me, that's a because it's not like the guy's going to transform into Josh Allen in six weeks in the NFL. Like if this is going to work, it's going to take time. Yeah, it, it's not going to happen that quickly. And honestly, I think the the judgment on Billy Napier is going to happen quicker than than Anthony Richardson's NFL development. Because yeah, well, I don't know if this is if this is where this is headed. But I asked uh or I was asked in my recruiting mailbag this week about like expectations of what Florida had to do um mm-hmm. in the 2024 cycle for him not to be on the hot seat. And I'm wondering if there's a situation in your mind where Napier might not even get the benefit of the doubt of their 24 class before this is all wrapped up. They have a new president like, at Florida. Okay, who who Ben Sass, who was a U.S. senator, he's from Nebraska. Uh, he was, I believe, the assistant president of Nebraska at one point. He's going to be more involved in athletics than the previous president was. And so, yeah, they're going to take a look at that. Like, don't don't expect anything to be set in stone. And if they go six and six again, I don't know, because this is as apathetic as I've ever seen the Florida fan base. And they're not even mad anymore. They're just to the point of like, blah. And I always felt like that is a much worse place to be than your fans are mad at you. So now here's the thing. If Napier and his staff come out and win eight games this year, like the fan base will be fine. They'll be like, okay, cool. Good trajectory is good. DJ Lagway is coming in to, to lead a stellar 2024 class. Like they'll be fine with that. But if if Florida is as middling as they were last year, that's going to be a problem. It's going to be a big problem. We'll be right back after these words. 
Yeah, well, like the whole thing, too, was like a recruiting-based question. And I think off the top of my head that Florida has three top 50 players committed in 24, so things are looking up on that regard. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if, like, things are so uncomfortable at the at the with the team level, if he might not even have the opportunity to save his well, job this is, through this recruiting is the, well. This is where he's 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 facing a challenge this year. I, I I'll be straight up. Stuart Mandel put him on the hot seat list in in his mailbag this week. And look, you know how fast Florida goes through coaches, so nothing should surprise you at this point about that. But I was looking around at pro day, and they so Anthony Richardson obviously is going to be a first round draft pick. Osiris Torrance, who's one of the players who came, he followed Billy Napier from Louisiana. He's also going to be a first round draft pick. He was a guard. Uh, Javon Dexter's probably we're talking third round type, maybe maybe even could could push his way into the second defensive lineman. I was like, I was asking who is who are the NFL scouts going to be in Gainesville to see next year? Because <laughs> like Trevor Etienne's going to be really good, but he's only going to be a sophomore this year. He's not draft eligible. That's a good thing that that bodes well for Florida that that, that he's there. But Montrell Johnson, who is a, a back who followed Napier from Louisiana, he's he's one they'll be they'll be coming to see. Ricky Pearsall, the receiver who transferred from Arizona State, uh, he's another one they'll come to see. But who else? You know that that's yeah. that's the big question. Who are some of the other players? And to this point, those guys have not really distinguished themselves. You know, there's a, there's a couple like Jason Marshall, the corner. I think they, that that's one that that people could be excited about from an, from an NFL standpoint. But it's, it's, I do this exercise with other sec programs and it's not any, it's, it's a pretty easy assignment. It's very easy. Like Georgia, we're coming to see Brock powers. And then it goes from there. Like it's like this year, this past year, we, we could have told you last year. Oh, they're, they're coming to see uh, Jalen Carter. They're coming to see Darnell Washington. They're, they're coming to see, uh, Nolan Smith, all all these players. So, and and George will be the same way. You know, some of those offensive linemen this year, a bunch of that defense is going to be the, the, everybody's looking at uh, LSU. They're going to come. You know, they're coming to see Mason Smith. They're coming to see Jaden Daniels. They're coming to see. You know, we we can we can go down the list, and that's that's where you kind of wonder, like, where does Florida rank? alongside maybe Tennessee or South Carolina in that respect, because that's you're not overtaking Georgia. But the question is, are you going to be behind Tennessee and South Carolina, too? Because if you are, that's that's going to be a problem. Right. Yeah, no, that's uh, well, here's the thing, too, that I was going to ask you before the podcast, because I knew we were talking about and I had this hypothetical in my head. Who's taking a bigger risk? The GM who drafts Anthony Richardson or Billy Napier with Graham Mertz? Hmm. The the part on risks with Mertz, like the question is, what were the other alternatives? That's true. You know, because Sam Hartman didn't choose Florida. It was going. He he went to Notre Dame. Uh, they, as far as I know, Florida did not like Austin Reed was out there. He's from from the state of Florida. Very good quarterback at Western Kentucky. But Florida wasn't really interested in him. He wound up going back to Western Kentucky. Uh, I do believe they kicked the tires on Tulane's quarterback. And he ended up staying at Tulane. They also had a quarterback in their 23 class. 
They did have a quarterback in their 23 class, <laughs> Jaden Rashada. That's true. That's true. Cur- uh, currently, currently hanging in Tempe right now. Well, if they didn't get immersed, then maybe the check clears. You know, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> because they might... Uh, I'm kidding. Okay, I'm just saying. There was, like, yeah, there was no, no check, Ari. Yes, that's, that's, uh, <laughs> therein lies the problem. <laughs> so, I kid, I kid. But okay, you're right. All right, so there's no alternative. But the fact that there's no alternative is scary. Yeah, it, it that is, and that's the situation. That's that's where because Jack Miller, the transfer from Ohio State, is still there, and then Ramertz. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens with him. But it's a. He's got experience, you know that, but it's not it's not particularly great experience at Wisconsin. Yeah. That's why is Wisconsin door, is, is changing everything now. You know, as somebody who covered Jack Miller's recruitment very extensively, uh, he was once supposed to be the quarterback of the future for Ohio State. Is the door shut on him being the starter? It's there not shut. Is- he's, he's still got a chance to win it if he, if he outperforms Mertz, but it, it, from what it sounds like, Mertz is outperforming everybody else. Okay. Yeah, I just didn't know if he had a shot to maybe do some things that we've kind of forgot about or, you know, in terms of or shut the door on in terms of like thinking about Yeah, the like door the, the door's the not potential. closed, but but he's got a he's got a overtake. Yeah, I'm not even asking and, and if the door is technically closed from a battle standpoint. I'm asking you from what you've seen out of him if you think he's and has enough to like be excited about or if it's kind of like if he wins the job they're in bad position. I mean, we've really only seen one game. You know, we yeah, saw him it was in a bowl game, right? It, 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 yeah. Right. When, ha- you know, most of the roster was it felt like most of the roster wasn't playing. So that's that's not one I'd. I'd I'm not going to form that much of an opinion on that. So, yeah. <laughs> Julian, Florida giving up 30 plus a game is how they went six and six in the regular season. Eh, no, their offense could have been better. <laughs> this is uh, yeah, you're you're not the defense didn't help. Didn't help, but you can't. They both okay. stunk. Yeah. Okay, well, great. Who's going to make the defense that much better? By the way, new coordinator too, because the last yeah. guy took off for the NFL. Yeah. So basically, what you're saying is Florida's in a world of hurt this year. They better not be for the sake of That's this what coaching you said. staff. You didn't come out and good. say it, but you added up the you know you did the equation, and I know what the answer to that is. I don't know who they're going to watch next year at the pro day. I don't know who's going to make their defense better and what were their alternatives at quarterback. They don't really necessarily inspire a lot of confidence in where the team yeah. is headed this year. Jordan asked me my thoughts on Des Watson. Des Watson is my favorite player in college football, and I think he should have tried to score that score He's touchdown my favorite in South Carolina. Player in college football, too. <laughs> Des Watson, for those who don't know, is is the Florida defensive tackle who I think he's I want to say he's listed at like four fifteen, but I think I'd come see him play at pro day so, even if he somebody wasn't. somebody caught. Well, that's one of the guys that the that the NFL scouts will be looking at at pro day next year, but. I think he would mess caught, up the cone drill, wouldn't he? He's like really agile for his size. He's isn't he? very agile for his size, though. I will tell yeah. you watching watching Osiris Torrance do the three cone drill at three hundred forty something pounds. Holy smokes. Like I'm going to make you a promise. right It's now, not bro. even fair how well some of these dudes move for that size. What year's Watson? He's a junior. OK, next year. I'm coming uh, to Gainesville and take, making my first trip to Gainesville around this time. And I'll spend my own money on my own dime, staying okay. in your house, using your pool. And the of only course. purpose of that trip is to watch him do the three cone drill. Yeah. I'm going yeah, to they, pro day next year. They they list him at, at, at 415. 
Billy Napier, I think, mentioned it was like four, actually four. Oh, oh no, they've got him listed at 6'5", 449 right now. Yeah, he's huge. Roster. I thought four, 415 four. seemed a little undershot. Yeah. Oh, and the best part is like if you if you look at Desmond Watson's bio on Florida's website, the first photo is him carrying the ball against South Carolina after picking up the fumble. <laughs> so uh, if he would have scored there, that would have been the greatest big guy touchdown ever, right? If there is not a goal line package for that man next year, it, like my if if Billy Napier can build a goal line package for Des Watson, I take him off every hot seat list. I will personally call everybody who puts him on a hot seat list and say, nope, take him off. He's a genius. But if he doesn't yeah. design, if he doesn't design a goal line package for Des Watson, then I'm 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 but pushing the hot seat like, narrative that we're like teasing him because he's big. Like he's actually could play in the NFL. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, he is he is a freak athlete. Like nobody that big should be able to move like that. Nobody. Yeah. Mountain Cody. <laughs> yeah, I, Terrence Cody was was close to 400, but by the time he got done in Alabama, I want to say he was about 340. So, are they trying to make Dez smaller? I don't think so. Is I, he I, trying I, to I, cut weight or is this his playing weight? I think this is it. I mean, if you're officially changing his his official listed weight to 449, I think that's what you're rolling with. Also, too. Just get that extra pound, man. 450 is just so much better than 449. That's what makes me feel like it's entirely accurate. He's <laughs> <laughs> rounding up the, for the, the guy. It's it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he does he does move incredibly well for a guy that yeah, size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. there is nothing that NFL scouts and GMs and whatever love more than a big guy who can move well. Yeah. Yeah, well, remember Gilbert Brown? Gilbert Brown was a, was probably 400 pounds when he was playing for the Packers. And he was very difficult to move out of the hole. So, you know, Dez just has to make himself immovable and also occasionally get some, some penetration in the pass game. So, 450 pounds. So, that's... Ari, think about this. That is twice what I weigh. Twice. It's two of me. I'm like watching clips of him on mute on YouTube right now. Um, and like, I don't think I've ever seen a person on a football field look as big as he looks on the field. Because there's never been. One no, I mean, at big. any level. And if this guy, this YouTube video says Florida Gators have a 480 pound defensive. Was he ever 480 or is that a wrong? I don't know. I the, the most I've heard is the one they're listing him at right now. Okay. Yeah, no, this is, and the fact that the guy wears 21. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. Fred Taylor's <laughs> number. <laughs> you know, you know that, you, you know that Dion just went on this, this, uh, rant about how defensive linemen can't wear single digits. Like if Dez doesn't wear a single digit next year, then we failed college football. Seriously. Dion, give Dion him zero. To let that one go. Like, I understand where Dion's coming from. Those DBs never want the big guys to shine. But there is very little I love in life more than a defensive lineman wearing a single digit. What is your favorite digit? For a D lineman? For any player. Like, what do you think is the best looking digit? I like I like the one on a D lineman just because the, the one is never that big. Like, it, it just doesn't stretch. So, 
when you put it on that person's chest, it looks minuscule. It looks tiny. I do like I do like the the single zero for a D lineman too. Yeah, because I actually don't love um the the block zero number on oh, anyone. You're not, okay. I don't think it, I don't think it looks that good on anybody. I think thirty three is the best number for a linebacker. I think thirty three or thirty three for a halfback would be great. So um, I like fifty four for a linebacker. I think the number nine for a defensive end is badass. That is a nice uh, one. seven for a defensive end looks good too. Like clown. Yeah. Yeah. In college. Um, I do like single digits, but the thing that stinks and you know, it's just because we're not Gen Z's. Are you a millennial or are you older than millennial? I'm a, I am generation X. I believe the very end of generation X. Okay. Is that we've lost in football, the coolness of number 21. 21 was the it number when I was a kid. Yeah, because and now, Dion. but now it's not. Now it's not really cool anymore. I can't think of a very cool twenty-one in the NFL right now. I think the number four for an outside linebacker is badass. Yes, I like that. Like an off-ball, like occasionally he's down on the line of scrimmage, but it, but in a two-point stance with that number four hovering over the line. I like that. Yeah, and I don't like any double digits on a quarterback. No, Doug Flutie. No, Doug Flutie I, was I twenty-two. You were number 22 strange, in the NFL. Yeah, that's a strange number for a quarterback. I like single digits for the quarterback. One more thing on Des Watson. This photo yeah. they have of him carrying the ball. The thing he's doing, stiff-arming Spencer Rattler in the face. Like, they caught this photo at just the perfect time. Poor Spencer Rattler's like, what have I done to deserve this? But he did make the tackle. So... <laughs> Listen, NFL scouts going to South Carolina next year to scout Spencer Rattler. Don't forget, he did make the tackle on that play. What's your, uh, yeah, your worst nightmare uh, as a quarterback would be having to tackle that human being? I don't even know what the strategy is. You just go for the kneecap? That's pretty much what he did. He just, yeah. And now, Dez, Dez said he felt like he was dropping the ball, and that's why he went down. He went down to make sure he kept possession of the ball. Okay. Which, to which I say, that sounds very responsible. That's not what I want to uh, see, though. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I need, that's fine. I, I need you carrying that ball in the end zone. <laughs> yeah. But that game, it, by the way, by the, Florida destroyed South Carolina in that game. And then South Carolina beat Tennessee and Clemson in consecutive weeks. That's how strange this sport is. It's a very strange sport. And that's the uh, prime reason why the transitive property is just nonsense. Not not great. But yeah, I mean, if we think about if we're power ranking the SEC, you know, we, we've talked about Florida needs to make sure they're they're not falling below South Carolina and Tennessee. And I'm not sure at this point if if you can do that, but we still got Georgia. Do we have Georgia at the top, right? Yeah. Is Alabama number two? Or is LSU number two? If you're powering? well, people are people got mad at me when I went on Fine Bomb and said that I thought that Alabama was still the number one program in college football because of all the talent they lost last year, and people don't know who the quarterback's going to be or whatever. But can't you just blindly put Alabama too? Like, do you even have to do a breakdown, or can you just know? Well, the thing is, like, it, power no, rankings you, it, of of it's, of it's a leap of draft eligible players. You don't you don't know necessarily what their offense is going to look like. When have they ever not been stacked with talent at every position? Like when is it last ever year on offense? 
just the receiver position, right? And I mean, well, they had yeah. the best quarterback in college football, or they second did. best. They didn't have a particularly great offensive line. Jameer last Gibbs year. is really good. Yes. Yeah, but their offensive line has always has been like the Alabama, the bane of every Alabama fan's existence, right? No, they've had good offensive lines. I it's mean, the thing that they complain about the most, though, isn't it? It is the thing they always complain about, but they have had good offensive lines. Of course they have. Of course they have. I'm just saying, I don't think it's that big of a, you're not walking the plank by assuming that they're going to be just fine. All right, know? well, let me let me ask you this, because this is something we were kicking around the other day on uh, on the radio. I was I was doing... SEC Radio on Sirius XM. This will be the last time that the media choose potential division winners at SEC Media Days. Who will be voted by the media to win the West this year? Oh, my goodness. a No. By the way, Stuart says, oh, Jimbo is definitely not on the hot seat. I'm like, Stuart, are you sure about that? I don't know. They might find that, that money either. if they do the same thing next year. I don't know. Andy, no, I really seriously. don't know. LSU you think or they can find the money? Who, uh, who? I think it'll be Bama. You think you you think I I will I think right, that, that's not the right way that I would do it. I because like, I don't think that media I'm members going, have imagination when they're voting on these things. I'm not gonna vote because I always forget to every year. But we need to place a bet on that. We need to. I, we, we'll figure out what the stakes are. Maybe it's just stakes, but I will bet you that the media vote will pick LSU to win the SEC West, and that'll be the story of SEC Media Days. Why? Because we've seen Jaden Daniels throw, and we haven't seen Ty Simpson throw yet. That's exactly right. Like, is that like the? Is you that just the said of the we analysis? don't have imagination. You just okay. said it. No, I know. Uh, yeah. Now I don't feel like particularly comfortable with, but you know. I never wanted to turn down a bet, so I'll. I'll uh, um, that's wh- that's why we're going to make it steak. I'll so take we, it. We both but, really win. Like the winner, winner buys the other a steak dinner. Done. Okay, I'll just buy it for you anyway. But yes, uh, let's do it. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Like who? The thing is, like who would you pick preseason, and who? Like if somebody said your life's depending on it, they're going to pick LSU. Pick? I'm you telling you, pick? you're like, going to pick Alabama. Gonna mess around to win the, the national title next year, right? If if you did it that way, if you change the circumstances to tell every media member that they lose their life if yeah, they're wrong with yes, who they yes. pick, they're going to pick Alabama. <laughs> but with no repercussions, they're going to pick LSU this year. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. Well, maybe so. But, you know, I, I don't know that that's necessarily like because we've seen somebody play and we like you can't have blind faith that whoever they pick a quarterback next year is going to be good. It's not that it's. I don't I don't know who the receivers are going to be and I I don't doubt that there are guys on their roster who could wind up being really good and, and potential first round picks but we don't at this point know who they're going to be and yeah. I think that like LSU you feel like Mason Smith's coming back from injury you know what Harold Perkins is going to be defensively like there's a lot now like Alabama the the guy I think probably blows up for Alabama as a a, a guy who just sort of came on the scene last year was is Jaheim Otis, the defensive lineman. Like I think he's going to be awesome. He's going to be a sophomore this year. But you know, they, they're are they going to be offensively more dynamic than they were? They lose a Heisman Trophy winner, a first round draft pick in Bryce Young. I don't know that they're going to upgrade a quarterback. 
and then we don't know who the res- who who the potentially dynamic well, yeah, receivers no, upgrade. Are. Yeah, no, I know. There's certainly questions. I I just like for me, then maybe I'm just gonna be wrong on this, but like, it's hard for me to not to envision a fractured team at multiple positions. No, they're gonna have good players. <laughs> they are. So I still think that that the media and I'm I'm saying the media like it's not me because I will again We're forget to yeah. vote because I always forget to vote. I never turn in my ballot. I always forget. So But it's like is this the year that LSU is actually gonna return to being LSU? Like Brian Kelly, like kind of is just waiting in the wings to just be awesome like he's been everywhere he's gone. It's possible. And there's no, you know, last year that Florida State loss, like if that was game three instead of game one, I think LSU would have won that game. Yeah. There was a lot of, first, you know, first first year staff. First that game, was probably a top three season. game of the year, too. It's a great game. Great game. And they play, they play Florida State to open this year in Orlando. And this is, you know, this version of Florida State is going to be better than the one I said last year. So that's going to be a lot of fun to, to right off the bat figure out where those programs are at. Right. Yeah, that's uh God, just come already. I'm ready. I, so I was like thinking so like it's an away. opening day today. Uh and I was like, you know, this calendar's flying by. We got the draft. Every three weeks there's a there's a pillar that we cross and then we'll get to, you know, mm-hmm. fall camp and all that stuff and we'll be right back in the driver's seat. I can't wait. Me neither, Ari. We need some games. It's been it's been a very eventful offseason, but I still would rather just watch games. Oh, yeah. No question. All right. No question. Before we go, we have no money on this. We have no skin in the game. Well, you might have some money on it soon. But we talked about this, this Final Four and how different it is and how it's not something we'll ever see in football. But who you got? Miami. We're talking about Monday night. Oh, you got your future. Got your future. <laughs> and you can't hedge it. So, we, yeah, we need Miami. All right. So for our well, I can hedge it if they sake, get up early. Uh, but, yeah. No, I actually think, unfortunately, that UConn, UConn will win the national championship this year. It is. So somebody asked me this on Twitter yesterday, and I found it interesting. They asked how many sitting head football coaches have national titles and how many sitting head basketball coaches did you realize there's only one more head basketball coach with a national title than than football coach right now? Yeah, I don't even know who they are. It's there. There's only six of them. So I I, I name them all in basketball. In there's right. There's five in football, and there's there's six in basketball. So let's see. Let's see how many you can name. This is this is trivia time for you. We'll start with football. That's the easy one. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, correct. Nick Saban. Hmm. Kirby Smart. Yep. Um, national the other two are in the same conference. Oh, man. Is this like a trick question or am I a bit an idiot? So, do you want me to answer that? I want you to answer, like, is well, it going to be... One is really easy. Oh, Dabo Sweeney's one. Okay, okay so one. like that one's one. So who's the other? Oh, Mac Brown. There you go. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Very good. Now a yeah. harder one. Name the six basketball head coaches. I couldn't. I don't even know. I couldn't name six. I couldn't name six total basketball coaches that are employed right now. Well, the reason there are Rick only Patino. six right now. 
What's that? Rick Pitino, Rick Pitino? yes. He is one of them. St. John's coach uh, Rick Pitino. Is Jay Wright still the head coach of Villanova? No, he's retired. He, okay. he does his commercial. <laughs> he does his commercials where he's on, on the TV beach the and the little, the little robot follows the, the referee around. Um, so Jay Wright, Roy Williams, and Mike Krzyzewski and Jim Beheim all, all retiring. Yeah. Kind of. So that's um, four. That's four that are gone within the past three seasons. So. And those are the only four that I probably could have named. So, I mean, so, Rick Pitino's the other one. Are there other famous ones? Well, I'm glad you... Well, no, yeah, they're all fam- uh, Two, uh, Three of them are very famous. Three of the other ones on the list are very famous. So, Bill Self, Tony Bennett, oh, yeah, Scott Bill Drew, Self, Tony Rick Bennett. Pitino, yeah. John Calipari, Tom Izzo. John Calipari. Uh, I'm an idiot. Tom Izzo, <laughs> too. I just psyched myself out. I should have okay, known well, that. Here's a trivia question. Yeah. How many years has it been since Tom Izzo won his national title? 23. 23 years. Think about that. Yeah. That's I know crazy. that because every year when the Big Ten, whenever, uh, every year when the NCAA tournament starts, there's always a story uh, on one website that is this the year the Big Ten does it and then they're all gone in the first round. Yeah. Uh, and then Michigan State, even though they've lost uh, right. 17 games they that year, deep. always finds a way to get to the <laughs> yeah. Elite Eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's the same same story, but it is kind of crazy that Izzo's gone that long since he's done it. Um, Ari. I just realized this. We we are missing out on a gold mine of off-season content. Just trivia time. Yes. We need to have trivia shows. The problem with that is is that I'm really bad at trivia. But you could yeah, ask I feel me like questions. You would be, too. We could, you would be we could really good it. at it because you're an ex- encyclopedia up there. Well, we just do it doesn't all have to be sports related trivia. We could just we could pick the pick the things that are that are real. like I I could do Tupac song trivia for you. Yeah. I would and, still like I I uh I, I don't have the clutch gene. If you put me on the spot, you just saw what happened <laughs> with basketball. Like the fact that I couldn't name Coach Cal with that out there, like just shows you how terrible I am at it. Well, I, I just melt I think, under the pressure. All I these people you watching me. Reps. You need more reps. That's yeah, all it I is. do need more reps. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I won't do it because me being terrible at it would be good for the show, too. Exactly. Exactly. So, all right. Well, let, let's think about that. Next week, we're doing a trivia show. Maybe maybe that's our Friday episode next. You week. know, Mitch Light at the end of uh, every Stars Matter asks me a recruiting trivia question. Yes, I love that. And they're part. always very elaborate and very good and well researched. And at first, it was really embarrassing, but I've gotten much better at it in the last few months. See, it's but just reps. It would be funny if we came up with one trivia question each at the end of every show that has nothing to do with sports. I love it. I love it. And we and we on on the honor code. Do not look it up because I don't. Those of you watching the YouTube stream, you occasionally see me grab my laptop when I need to look something up. I could probably keep it beneath the camera and you can't see it, but But you know when someone's looking something up, put yeah, your we're hands going up on like this. Yeah, we're going that's right. That's right. Hands up. Love it. <laughs> to do the U sign for me before we get out of here, too. That's right. You're one of these. I actually right. think that I'm being a pessimist. Miami, if you watch them, is very, very good at basketball, and they could absolutely win that game on Saturday. Jim Laranega got George Mason to the final four. Yeah. He can get well, Miami through the final four. Yeah. I hope, I hope for his sake that in my sake that he does, but yeah, it'll be fun. And we'll be back uh, mixing uh, basketball into football content over the weekend. Right. That's exactly right. And who knows? We may be talking about the possibility of Ari rolling in a two seater Mercedes. Thanks to Jim Laranega and Nigel Pack and Isaiah Wong. We'll find out. We'll talk to you again soon.